Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now stop beating your gums and sound the attack. Alright, hello, 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 and welcome everyone to another episode of the We Got The Chocolates podcast. Uh, this will be episode 38, and it is another sporting interview, which is very exciting. Uh, and I've also got Haz and Mitch with me. How are you, boys? Good, Lee. Good to be back. Yep, also good, Lethal. Thanks for asking. Great uh, yeah. to hear. Now, you will notice there's a song coming in the background here, guys. This is what we're leading in with today. What are your thoughts here, guys? Yeah, I don't know. That's very up and about. Very, yeah. very different to the last one we played. Yeah, it's a bit <laughs> faster, though. I could get around it. This yeah, is, very uh, jazzy. This is obviously Beach Wood. I'm sure you're aware, but I'll just tell it for yeah, all the listeners out there. This is, uh, no, it's not. It's Beach Disco. I apologise. <laughs> uh, written by Dougie Wood, or potentially Doogie Wood. Teach me how to Dougie Wood. Okay. Uh, very strong. Now, uh, this particular episode, guys, very exciting one. Um, Sam, we, we mention it quite frequently throughout the episode, actually that we're unsure of how you've managed to do this. Uh, but we have indeed got an Australian tennis player, number 43 in the world, which you'll hear about. John Millman is with us for this particular episode. He sure okay. is. And uh, yeah. thanks to a good mate of mine, Ian Malpass, for helping us get in contact. Ian's a tennis coach out at Wynnum, so that's good. Good mm, from him. I was, actually, uh, I was actually coached by Ian Malpass back in the day. Really? Um, yeah, it's probably not one that he wants to take credit for, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> that particular career. But, uh, but yes, he, I think he punted me very early on. Right, fair enough. Um, now, guys, basically, we're just going to get straight into it. There's not much point buffering for too long. It's uh, it's actually quite a long chat. Uh, John was very, very kind with his time, uh, gave us a lot. He, he seemed to obviously being in isolation probably helped, but he didn't have a lot to do. So he's happy to give us a long chat, uh, which means that yeah, we are going to release it in two parts, correct, guys? Yeah. There will be a part A and a part B, but you won't have to wait for very long in between. We'll try and release the next one tomorrow. Um, yeah, well worth the listen there. And um, I reckon the second part's even better than the first part. So uh, correct, yes, it does uh, come. Yeah. We all come good in the second part. <laughs> a lot, a lot sure. of stitch ups there, but uh, yeah, before we get into the interview, we probably would we should thank our sponsor, Alchemy Cordials Australia. Without them, this podcast would not be able to run as well as it does. Despite Lee doing quite a good job, no, himself but it always has. You can count on it has to get the sponsors in. Very well done. <laughs> But uh, Alchemy is a, is a good local company. You've been in the Redlands and uh, where we are and have been transforming refreshment for the past 23 years. So if you're an individual or a company, check out their website. Mm, love that. Transforming As refreshment. Individual or company? Who? What other options are there? Who else? <laughs> well, if you're one of those two, oh, then check just, them out. No. Like if you're, <laughs> if you're, but if you're a group of two, don't check them out. <laughs> if you're an individual <laughs> or a company of two. <laughs> Just so say that you don't have to be you don't have to be one or the other. You okay, can be right, either. Good, yeah. Yeah. All right, nicely done, and well worked out, guys. Okay, uh, without further ado, here is John Milman. Oh, all right, everyone, uh, welcome. And Sam, you've actually uh, you found us a another sport we've branched out to, and, and it's the first for the podcast again. We uh, we have never interviewed a tennis player, uh, and I'm not even sure how you've actually managed to make this happen. But I'm very very impressed with you. I, I say a lot of negative things about you usually, Sam, but you've come through on this occasion. Uh, but we are fortunate enough to have currently ranked world number 43 tennis player after reaching his highest ranking of 33 in 2018. Uh, 
eight wins and four losses this year in ATP uh, events, which was probably a great start really to 2020 against the world's best before things uh, sort of took a turn for the worse, I guess, in, in terms of COVID-19, which we have spoken about on the podcast before. Certainly has represented Australia in the Davis Cup, which is always great viewing. Uh, he's competed for Australia in the 2016 Rio Olympics and became the first tennis player to achieve an Olympic double bagel, which is only a term I've become familiar with <laughs> today. Uh, but we are most certainly talking about John Millman. John, have we got you there? Yeah, we're here, boys. Thanks for having me. Outstanding. You are most welcome, mate. Now, uh, obviously, this is this is Lee. This is my, my voice. My brother is Mitch, and his voice sounds very similar. He's about to speak at the moment. Yep. Hey, John, how's it going? Yeah, good, mate. <laughs> it can be difficult to tell us apart, but that's fine, as long as, uh, as, long as one person's talking at yep, once. Yep. And then Sam, you're obviously familiar with. So, Sam, you can take it away as well. Yeah, hi, John. Good to, uh, good to speak to you. No, thanks, boys. And uh, any time you do an intro like that, I'm uh, I'm more than happy to to uh, to have a chat, mate. My my tyres felt well pumped up then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and speaking of actually tyres being pumped up, John, uh, you've had an eventful day today, as we understand. Um, I actually was uh, had my car broken into yesterday, which was quite interesting. So I've spent the whole morning getting abused on Facebook for not punching the guy that I called in my car. Um, <laughs> but then yeah. you uh, have actually gone and got yourself a new car today as well, haven't you? Yeah, look, I, I, it's not a new car. I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call it a new <laughs> car. But uh, yeah, look, my I'm, I'm fortunate enough that my uh, my brother-in-law's family have come through. They have a, a scrap metal uh, yard up at Toowoomba, so I, I made the trip to Toowoomba today up the, the Great Dividing Range there. Darren Lockyer away. It was uh, not the worst trip in the world. It's good to actually get out the house and yeah, yeah. pick myself up a car. Absolutely. And you, so you were telling us before, John, I guess because of your travel, we'll probably get to some of these questions, but because of your travel, is, am I correct in saying you've never actually had a car or never owned one of your yeah. own? Never owned a car. Uh, look, <laughs> tennis, yeah, a, a few people laugh at me for that, and, <laughs> and, and rightly so. But as tennis players, you know, we travel probably 44 weeks a year or so, 44, 45 weeks a year, pending, pending good health, which, which hasn't always been the case for me. And I come from a big family, a generous family, and there's normally a, a car or two lying around at mum or dad's so that, that makes itself available. But with everyone grounded here and me being back for – an extended unknown period of time. Uh, I thought I'd get my act together and, and once again call on another favour. And I still probably don't own a car, but at least I've, uh, I've got one that I can drive around for, for the foreseeable future. Toyota Hilux, uh, apparently they're bulletproof and they'll need to be uh, with my driving and, um, and the virus that's, that's uh, running amok right now. Absolutely. Well, they're not entirely bulletproof because our housemate actually has one and someone just reversed straight back into his. <laughs> that, that definitely hasn't coped that well with that. But if you can avoid that, then I think you go very well. Yeah, look, my, uh, I trust the neighbours. They, uh, <laughs> they, no problem so far. And, um, and, and I've seen their cars and, and, and they're not the biggest. And, and so I reckon I've got the biggest one now. So yeah, yeah, if there's any uh, collisions, I reckon the highlights is going to come out on yeah, top. Absolutely. Yeah, That's I a battle you win. Um, and John, we've spoken a little bit about, we mentioned hazards, hazards somehow. I'm not sure how he's managed to, to get you onto the podcast for us, but it turns out Lee and I actually have some sort of distant link to you. Our sister was speaking to us this morning and reckon she works with your dad at Ormiston State School. Is that, does that sound right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Look, my old man, he's, uh, he's semi-retired now. He's been a, a teacher for, oh geez, the, the better part of, of, I'm trying to do the math of, of how old the big fella is. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, but look, he's been the, he's been a teacher for forty odd years, I reckon. So okay. um, he, he does a little bit of relief teaching, and uh, I think that the folk down at Ormiston are, are pretty good to him, and and he he doesn't mind the students down there. So he makes the trip down there, and uh, when he gets called upon, I, I reckon the teachers have a few sick days though, because he he seems to get called upon a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> Oh, John, you're actually talking to one at the moment and myself as a teacher, I can inform you that um, definitely if I worked for 40 years, I would hate to think how many sick days I would have taken. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, nothing stops the old man though. He's um, he's one of these these baby boomers. He's got terrible asthma, but uh, he, he doesn't think that, he reckons he's, he keeps telling me he's robust and, and, and nothing's going to knock him down or whatever. I think he's a, I think he's a bit of an idiot, but uh, <laughs> no, nah, He's a, he's a good man and and he's um, yeah still works he's still um, I don't think I think 
just being at home with mum uh, would drive him crazy. So mm. I think he still still secretly likes it. He says he still wants the money, but I reckon he just wants to get out of the house. Out of the house as well, yeah. Very fair. Um, John, getting back to your, your tennis, I guess, uh, we actually mentioned in that in that intro, uh, and this was a phrase I'd never heard of before, but we mentioned your double bagel accomplishment at the Olympics, which is obviously we've just heard that the next Olympics has been postponed. Um, but can you explain, because I feel like most people would be like us and have no idea uh, what a double bagel actually is. Like we played some tennis, not at a great level, but I've never heard that reference at all. Yeah, look, a, a double bagel, also known as um, if you donutted someone, that's another one. Oh, Obviously, a, yeah, a donut, that, that's that's another one that we, we dish out a little bit. But that's where a double bagel, obviously, is, is six love, six love. So um, the opponent doesn't get a game. Uh, doesn't happen all that often in tennis, especially at the, at the top end of tennis. And you have to probably have a very good day and your opponent, your opponent has to have a bit of an off day, which, which was the case in, in, in Rio. So, uh, yeah, look, I I never knew that there was any type of record until I think that one of the journalists, um, post match, um, made reference to it, but, uh, yeah, look, it's, it's just one of those, uh, little comical things that, I haven't, um, you know, I haven't made, uh, uh, I haven't made too much reference to it since. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of fun and uh, a bit of an achievement, I guess. Yeah, well, that's a great education for us because has that'll probably be terms that I'll have to use when I've played you in tennis. <laughs> well, I was going to say, at my end of tennis, that, that happens on a very regular basis. So I think I would get double-bagged every time I play you. <laughs> Correct. That's right. Um, but in, in that particular scenario, obviously the Olympics, John, is knockout. <laughs> Correct? Yeah, look, it's a uh, game for, for me... Uh, one of the, the greatest experiences of my life. The night before, we were at the the um, opening ceremony. So we got asked whether we were going to do the opening ceremony or not. And I didn't, uh, there was no way I was going to miss that at the Maracana. And, and uh, the schedule was that, that I was on first up the next day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was it was one of those ones. I, I did the opening ceremony. I, 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 made the most of that and, and I was on the first bus out of there to prepare for my first round match against a guy called Ricardus Barankas who's a, actually a really good player yeah. uh, from Lithuania. He's been in the top 100 for for, for a long time, um, in and out of the top 100 for a long time and, and it was just one of those days. It was one of those days where I played pretty well. I was very solid, um, put up a pretty good mental and, and physical performance and, and he was definitely off. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, it, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a nice thing. I was probably more proud of the fact that I was at an Olympic Games. It was one of the best experiences that I've had in, in, in my sport. Um, it was actually a weird vibe going into, in, into that Olympics because there was a little bit of controversy before about the, the men's tennis team in particular. Um, Nick and, and Kitty Chiller had had some words backwards and forwards in, in the media mm. and um, the tennis players kind of didn't really know if, if um, you know, if, if, if they really wanted us there, to be <laughs> honest, but it, it was it was a lot of fun and, and uh, honestly one of the best experiences I've ever had uh, competing at, at Rio. It's unbelievable. Unfortunately, your, your opponent probably wouldn't have been able to say that the same thing. Do you think if you've... Uh gone to the Olympics, been knocked out in the first round, six love, six love. Does that still count as going to the Olympics? Oh, look. It's controversial. <laughs> I think you, yeah, look, I think if you, if you ask him, it, it, it probably does. Um, you know, since then I've actually, I've beaten him and, and I've also lost to him. So it was just a, it was just yeah. a bad, bad yeah. day in the office. But um, look, he's a, he was actually a pretty good player. It, it surprised me that you know, I, was, I managed to get the done the, the job done pretty quickly. There's always a, a little bit of different pressure, so you just don't know how you're going to handle it or or what to expect when you know you're playing an Olympic Games. For me, that was uncharted territory, and I've played plenty of matches before, um, represented my country before. That's that's all well and good, but there's something special about you know those Olympic Games, and and um, yeah, look, it was uh, it was cool to kind of start off my campaign. Unfortunately, I then went out there and lost to, to Nishikori, who ended up getting a bronze medal. Yeah. So, 
that win didn't count for too much, but uh, still to be a part of the Olympic Games experience was, was one that I was always going to remember and, and one that really pushed me along actually to, to want to qualify for the 2020 Olympics in, yeah. in Tokyo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, look, that was, um, that was a real goal of mine, um, knowing that if I was fit and healthy and, and had my ranking in a, in a good enough position, it was something that kind of spurred me on uh, these last four years with that in the back of your mind. You know, these last 12 months have been about putting positioning my ranking almost like a, like a horse race. You know, you want to try to time, time, your, time your run and, and time your schedule to peak for, say, the Melbourne Cup or something. That was uh, something that was in the back of my mind. That's the biggest stead I have held the Olympics in my head since Rio and uh, obviously disappointing for, for plenty of athletes um, that it got postponed but probably the right decision at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we were going we were going to ask you about that actually. Obviously, sort of a lot of events have been, have been postponed or cancelled with the, the COVID-19 situation. I was going to ask if uh, sort of how that how that's affected you and, and yeah, what other competitions you, you're expecting to miss out on this year or how long you were, you're expecting it to last. Oh mate, I think we're in a lot of strife. I really think we're we're in a lot of trouble for for a few reasons. Um, tennis is, I think, when you look at it, being there's just the one tour, the ATP tour, and it's it's almost like a travelling circus. You know, we we go um, through the seasons, and and we're in different almost continents at certain parts of the season, and and players from all over the the world. There's you know over probably. No, it's 200 and something federations, uh, tennis federations from, from each of the countries. So there are a lot of people that are playing tennis and, and we're spread out through all corners of the globe. So mm. for, for tennis to, to continue and for tennis to start up again, I, I don't see how it would until, until we've overcome Corona, whether that's with a vaccine or whether, um, you know, the, the virus kind of runs its course and, and, and fades away. I just don't understand how um, it can possibly go on until we're kind of unified. Because you, even if Australia, let's say Australia is fortunate and, and we, you know, overcome it a, a little sooner than other places, it would be unfair for, for just the, the countries that have uh, overcome it to, to be able to play a tournament and, and let's say someone in South America can't get there because they're still battling with the with the illness. It's it's something that's a real problem for tennis, and it's something that I, I think is going to hold us out for a long time. Obviously, Wimbledon was cancelled. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just yeah, that was only happened a couple of days ago, and and we got the, the email saying that the the, the schedule's uh, not going ahead until July seven at the earliest. Well, the next swing is is through the United States, and and the United States looks yeah. like it's it's almost the epicenter of the of the virus right Definitely now. One so, of the hardest hit areas, isn't it? Yeah. Well, well, Flushing Meadows, where we play the tennis, that's turned into a uh, you know a, a kind of a makeshift army hospital right now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's exactly. the Senate court of, of of the U.S. Open. So uh, to to envisage that we're going to to make that hard court swing would mm. be, geez, I think super doubtful, and and even the most optimistic of my I think uh, you know would would have their their doubts cast over that, mm. and then after that it's the Asian swing. Well, I mean, yeah. you, you head through China and and you head through these places uh, where it all kicked off. So uh, I think I'm going to be on on the on the sidelines for a while. Hence why I, I organised the high lux, and, yeah. and hence why I'm trying to to organise a, a few ways to kind of I don't know, kind of kind of stay fit and and kind of stay motivated because that's the tough thing right now. Uh, agreed. Um, and John, you, you've touched on the, the sort of rankings a little bit and I'm, I'm not going to lie, I was, gave you a, a Twitter profile, a little bit of a stalk leading up to this and saw you commenting on, on what they're going to do with the rankings in this in this time of sort of no tennis happening around the world. Um, I was wondering if you'd, you'd heard any more more there or, or how, if you could explain explain how that sort of works to us, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Look, the the, the tennis ranking, it's, it's a rolling 12-month ranking system. So what I mean by that... Um, to be honest with you, I've lost lost track of what the date is today, but um, let's say <laughs> it's April, April 7. Okay, we're at the 4th. Okay, I was yeah. three days off. But let's yeah. say it's, it's, well, well, it is the 4th of April. So let's say I got a point on the 4th of April in 2019. So how the normal tour would work is in 
2020 on the 4th of April, I would lose that ranking point. Okay. So right. it's a 12 month rolling ranking system. Um, it, it, it's one of the tough things with tennis is that you have to continually um, be fit and healthy and playing good tennis to, to keep on banking these points because they're going to come off in 12 months' time. So you always have to be to be staying, uh, you know, in the game. So any type of injury, that's, that's a real career killer because you're going to miss out an extended period of time that's going to apply pressure a little bit later on when you're defending these points. And um, and you're in a bit of strife then. So uh, it's a pretty brutal ranking system. But what makes it even more difficult in these unprecedented times now in the modern era of tennis, we haven't ever had a suspension of the tour. The last suspension of the tour was back in the last time we didn't have Wimbledon was back in World War Two. Yeah, we read that. So yeah, and so and so what happens then um, when all these tournaments are being thrown off the schedule and when there's no tennis? Well, guys, this time last year who made points, their points are, are being kind of hacked away. So what the ATP did initially is, okay, we're going to freeze the ranking. So no one's going to drop off points, but that's a really big short-term solution right now because when points come, let's say we're playing again in August. Let's say um, hopefully, you know, the we find a cure for the coronavirus, uh, everything settles down and we're playing by August. Well, all these guys... Um, that, that didn't get to defend points now and had points coming off at the end of the year, well, well, they're in a bit of strife all of a sudden because the notion is is you have 12 months to defend the points that you get. So mm. there's no real solutions. I know that what happens now is the ATP board is, is putting together, um, you know, they're in consultations right now and they're putting together uh, a bit of a plan and, and maybe five or six different solutions that they're going to then present to the Players' Council and, and the Players' Council, uh, acting on behalf of us players, um, will then come up with a, a decision that they think is most fair. But uh, I find that it's going to be really interesting. There's going to be a, a few people that might benefit and there'll be a few people that really don't benefit from the decision. It's uh, it's something that, um, yeah, is, 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 is super serious um, when it comes to to our careers, but I, I think yeah. the best way to look at it right now is, is to kind of take a back seat and and um, and really just kind of take that that idea that that there's no point in worrying about it until it happens. So um, your guess is as good as mine as to, as to what will eventuate. Yeah, but right. uh, yeah, there's some tough decisions to be made. Yeah, well, hopefully things uh, turn out in your favour there. It's not going to favour everyone, yeah, I guess. I need you to benefit from that. Yeah, mate, I, mean, yeah, I want to benefit, trust me. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, please, let me benefit. <laughs> Interestingly, um, you were actually the last person to play against a Brazilian tennis player who was the, the first professional tennis player to test positive to the virus. Um, now, I don't believe you've contracted it, so that's a good that's good news. Yeah. But you've, uh, you've actually had bigger issues since coming back to Australia, I hear, and uh, have been asking your Twitter followers about a big issue you've had at home to do you know what I'm talking about? And did you get any answers from them there? <laughs> I, I, I do know what you're talking about. And, and, and you're right. I, I played a Davis Cup was actually my last um, match uh, in, in Australia. Uh, well, actually on, on, on the tour. And um, we, we won. We qualified for the, for the final series in Madrid, which was awesome. And, and uh, it's such a thrill to, to, to go into camp. Like uh, you, Sammy, I know that, you, you know, you're in a team sport. And, and for us as tennis players, we're individuals here. So, so most, nearly every other week, we're you know we're playing um, tennis for ourselves. We're our own bosses. Um, it's us. that's the other person at the end of the court, and and you know that's how we try to kind of make a, a, a livelihood. But every now and again, say at the Olympics or or even more so at the Davis Cup, you get to to join the boys and and go into camp the week before, and then you know play your heart out for the country. And it's a really kind of special time. So so the fact that Davis Cup was my last lot of matches that I played is, is something that uh, and the fact that we won is, is actually a, um, you know it's actually a, an alright feeling to, to go in this extended break with to, to know on the back of my head that you know I did my part and, and helped the boys qualify for the finals in Madrid but um, Cebu Vilch who's a, who's a young Brazilian and, and super talented you know we're going to see a lot of him he contracted the virus now it looks like he contracted it after the Davis Cup but you know it looks like I didn't contract that but here, the biggest problem is, is there's no courts to hit on. Um, all the courts are, are being closed down. The National Academy, where I train in, in tennis, and is, is shut down. Yeah. And um, 
and yeah, look, uh, I'm trying to go private, so I, I think I, I kind of put the question if anyone can can have a bit of a hit with me, or if there's a wall there, or or anything. Um, is that what we're referring to, or well, is there something else? Actually, actually, I thought it was a bigger issue than that. Even is, uh, <laughs> you were struggling uh, how to uh, spread hard butter onto toast, but we'll, we'll take the tennis court oh, one as that well. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the hard butter. Well, do you know what? What do you boys do? Well, actually, Mitch probably has an answer that's uh, slightly interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I was just going to say that I've been using margarine for the last couple of years and haven't had any issues, so maybe maybe worth a crack. That, but, that um, is no, John. You can't be that a is, margarine guy. Though. That is due to the. <laughs> fact that he that is, is a vegan no. yeah, a little bit biased there <laughs> if I'm honest uh, <laughs> so he's okay, not one for hard okay, that makes sense <laughs> yeah but well, I the, the vegan vegan my sisters are you know a, a vegetarian one or two of them are vegan but I've got four sisters and okay. and the thing that gets me just a tiny bit and, and maybe you can explain this oh, to this me will is, be fantastic um, <laughs> oh, no, 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 for this opportunity what am I what yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm curious I'm really curious because they always give me some food and, and, you know, they'll present it up and they'll jazz it up like it's, let's say, spaghetti bolognese or whatever. So, you know, that's, a, that's an Australian staple, I reckon. So we get the spag bowls and they always tell me, now, now you wait, this, this just tastes like, <laughs> like real spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> um, and I've yet to find, um, you know, a, a vegan food. And, and I have no problem with, with the vegan lifestyle and, 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 you know, limiting, you know, the dairy meat and whatnot. But I'm yet to find something that actually tastes like what they're, you know, they're pretending that it is. Yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've haven't got to come back there. I agree completely. Are you, are you with me on that? I'm, yeah, I'm with you there. There I'm, is. Maybe it's just my sisters and they can't cook, mate. <laughs> you know, it could be that. No, no. Well, yeah, I've been I've been trying to obviously do a lot of, a lot of the cooking around here because Lethal's quite lazy. Um, so I've I've made him plenty of meals over the years trying to convince him of, of my ways. But yeah, I've absolutely gone flexitarian, John. Whatever foods on offer, I'm just happy to eat it. Yeah. But no, I've always got mate, the same feedback that I can't quite replicate what I'm aiming for. So yeah, no, it's a very fair it's- point. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's dire straits for me here right now, mate. I, uh, you know, I'm not used to it because, you know, as a as a player, as a tennis player on the tour, where, like I said, like I, I touched on, we're traveling 45 weeks a year, and and that. You know, most of the times you're staying in hotel rooms, especially now. You, you get to stay in hotels, and and that's that's decent. Because right now, you know, I'm not going to lie, I'm on the, the 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 top top echelon of the ATP tour, and and life's a little bit easier in terms of you know your accommodations. That's not always the case. The tennis tour is is absolutely brutal, in my opinion, probably. Uh, one of the most brutal things there is out there in terms of professional sport, mm. um, which would surprise a lot of people because you see the glitz and glamour. Mm. But um, yeah. hotel rooms, 45 weeks a year, you kind of um, get used to just eating out every time. So little problems like being able to, to you know, spread butter. Um, it's something <laughs> I haven't had to face for a while. <laughs> and, and it gets, oh, I found it gets pretty hard in the fridge. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> and some people have suggested, oh, have a little tin that you leave your butter in, you know, out. Oh, and I just really? that doesn't sit well with me either to leave it uh, out on the on the you know. Show about room temperature butter. Yeah, no, I haven't got time for Especially that. Especially here in in Brisbane, you know, as you know, it's, it's, it's you know the the conditions here are 
I don't think it's conducive to, to leaving dairy products out outside. No, I would oh. certainly not have thought so. <laughs> be pouring it on your touch. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's very, very interesting, I would suggest. Um, no, well, that's a real story of trials and tribulations and just a great inspiration for a lot of people out there, John, that you've been able to work your way through that. <laughs> yeah, no, look, I still haven't. I'm still looking for solutions. So, uh, I, uh, you know... My brother-in-law goes with the no butter, and and I'm that frustrated that I keep kind of chopping up my bit of toast. Uh, <laughs> that I might be going down that route, just uh, yeah, giving up butter altogether. Okay, right. <laughs> All right, John. I just wanted to say, I feel like we've um, you've missed an opportunity here having this chat over the phone and not in person because you can't show off your shiny white teeth that you got at the moment. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I know what you're referring to here. Uh, Are you informed by someone here, Has? <laughs> oh, actually, no, I just well, saw this yeah. on his Instagram. He likes okay. to plug his uh, shiny teeth whitening company on, on Instagram. No, uh, no, 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 it's German, mate. No, <laughs> no, no, German. German, German, German. And, and we know only the, the good stuff comes out of Germany. That's right. Uh, uh, no, look how that, that splash um, teeth whitening. Uh, I haven't actually, I'm going to. I was meant to be in Germany and, and get a bit of a session there. And I was hoping I was going to have some shiny whites like uh, Jürgen Klopp, but um, haven't been able to, to do that yet, obviously, because I can't travel. But that came about, I play a bit of club tennis in Germany. And uh, I used to at least. So when you start off playing tennis, you've got to try to think up of ways how to, to keep the dream alive and, and yeah. travel. And, and, and I, for me, I'd have a little bit of money at the start of the year. I'd travel to, to Europe and, and go there for about five months and get pretty poor. And in the middle of that, it would be terrible for your world ranking, but we have, they have a bit of club tennis over there in Germany and in Switzerland. So uh, what it's like club footy. You get paid a little bit of money each weekend to play for the club. And, and while you're doing that, you can't play any tournaments that are going to help your, your world ranking, but you get a little bit of money and that kind of helps you at least get home and, and maybe see out a little bit of the end of the year. So um, it's just one of those ways how to keep your dream afloat while you're still trying to kind of chip away at, and learn your game and, and try to become a professional tennis player. So uh, I made some good connections there and I was actually playing a few matches after Wimbledon um, for Bundesliga one. And, and that's when you start playing the really serious guys. You know, I was playing guys like Dominic Thiem and, and, and whatnot. But one of the main sponsors of the club was... Um, yeah, Flash, uh, who were a teeth whitening company there, and, and they decided to, to um, join the journey with me on, on my you know individual professional career. They're actually a, a great team, good good people, and, and um, yeah, look, if it makes my my teeth a little shinier, then then I mean, there's a bit of an upside too. My girlfriend even likes it. I was going to say, John, did you see that? Did you see that as like a, a compliment or more of sort of a diss? Like, hey, mate, your teeth stink. You need us. <laughs> Oh, mate, look, I'll take anything, mate. Um, uh, I'm, I'm no oil painting, and, and I totally understand that. Uh, so, mate, tennis is all about the one percenters. You know, we hear that a lot. We hear that a lot in sport, don't we? It you is know, a buzz phrase in sport. <laughs> let's go out there. Let's get those one percenters, you know, it makes the difference. And, yeah. um, mate, even off the court, I'm looking for one percenters. And, and if, if uh, you know, some wider teeth give me those one percenters, then, then I'm all about that life. Yeah, Absolutely. right. Perfect. I love how you've been so nice and smooth with your with your promotion there as well. Has yeah, has right, a bit yeah. more of a, a shameless plug. He, <laughs> <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, has is very forceful. Like you could be yeah. talking about just a random subject, and then Has will just be like, "Oh, this reminds me of no talk surfboards." <laughs> force it into the conversation <laughs> yeah. somehow. Yeah, he does like. Mate, it. the problem is in Australia is uh, we're interested in tennis for about one month a year. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's the Guilty. month of January. <laughs> And, and that's the that's the real problem with it in, in, in Australia because uh, you know we have our, our nations divided by other sports and and uh, and I think because the tour then kind of moves overseas for the next eleven months or whatever, uh, it's not in our faces. So Australians aren't really interested in tennis, and, and therefore uh, no Australian companies want to get behind uh, <laughs> behind me. So I have to kind of do it myself. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, right. No, very fair. Yeah. Um, we, I guess we're a little bit more fortunate that has cricket tends to go through. I mean, a good chunk of the year over here. So we um, managed to pick up a, a sponsor and you obviously can't see us at the moment, but for anyone watching at home, we'll notice a few 
strategically placed bottle of alchemy cordials which has has managed to bring on board for us so that's yeah that's <laughs> right and not even just cordials they've actually got the, the full array the full gamut of of uh sort of mm. coffees and syrups and all sorts which have been pretty impressive yeah so we're sitting here sipping a little chai latte as we speak to you mate it's been delicious um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh you, you mentioned how your your traveling isn't all fun and games with that you only see the glitz and glamour, uh, glamour and uh, apparently i heard you ate something in egypt that your your stomach didn't agree with while you were over there yeah mate it's a it's a mate the the trials and tribulations of a tennis player trying to make it is uh is pretty intense actually, and and um, I'll tell you the Egypt story, and then I can maybe go into a little more detail of just how um, how, how rough it is to, yeah. to play a little bit of tennis. And, John, and, can I uh, just say I so didn't even know there was tennis in Egypt. Like I didn't even know there was a tour there or like a tournament. Yeah, there. no, look, no, there's players that come from Egypt. Uh, they haven't got anyone right now in, in inside the top hundred, but yeah, look, it, it is it is a, a global game, and it's played everywhere, but. Um, yeah, look, I was in Egypt. I was actually, it was one of the, the trips I'd made after I did my shoulder. So I had a, a, a shoulder operation and I thought I'd, I'd try to get back into it and play. So I, was, I think I was 19 at the time. My old man actually had taken a little bit of long service leave and normally I did all my trips by myself. But my old man um, took me over. We, we kind of traveled together. We got sick of each other after a while. And... Uh, we decided that on the way home, we would pop in Egypt, to Egypt. We're in Morocco. We thought, look, let's go see the, the pyramids. So we go and see the pyramids, um, get get ripped off by a few people there. We end up, all we want to do is go, I don't know if you've been to Egypt, but all you want to do is go see the pyramids. You end up at the, the Papyrus factory, um, you know, where they're selling their, you know, drawings on paper. Um, you go to the perfume factory. Yeah, I still want to just go to the, go to Egypt, the pyramids, Giza. You go to the perfume factory, and they have all the most genuine perfumes there. You know, uh, my old man gets sucked in, and and um, oh, you know, he says, "Oh, my my wife, you know, oh, she likes pleasures or whatever." By Estee Lauder, and oh, you know, funny you should say that. The Egyptian uh, the guy says, he, "Funny you should say that." Uh, we've got the the pure essence of pleasure. Pleasures, you know, this stuff's unbelievable. So uh, Ron, you know, he, he's buying that. Uh, gives mum a rash. But, um, that's another story. So what I'm trying to get at is, I finally see the pyramids, and and I'm exhausted. I am absolutely cooked, and you know, uh, day's done. We're we're trying to eat eat local. We're you know at the hotel as safe as it can get we thought um i had a four cheeses pizza and a mushroom soup and and i'm telling you i was uh i it was fine went down a treat uh, i catch the the elevator up the stairs and 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 as soon as those elevator doors um closed oh, it, an explosion went off in my gut like i thought <laughs> oh my goodness i I, you know, I, I'm actually going to poo myself here. <laughs> and so in preparation, I, I told, I told Ron, hey, Ronnie, um, mate, I need, that's my old man. I said, Ronnie, I, I need the, I need the, I need the key to the, to the room, eh? Because this is, this is touch and go. <laughs> that quick. And, uh, and you know, you know, older people, they take a, a fair bit of time to get things done. Mm. And Ron kept, I reckon, that whole trip. He kept every single room card from every hotel or accommodation <laughs> place that we stayed at. So he's going through that. You know, the the elevator lights are ticking as we're going, as we're ascending. And um, he's going through every card, finally gets it, and, and I take it. And, and then the doors open. I kind of like hobble with, you know, clenched cheeks down the hallway, <laughs> trying to hold it in and... and uh, as I'm opening up the door of the, the the hotel, the like every every hotel, the bathroom's on the left or right. It was on the left in this one. The pants are coming down, and and you know I just uh, I make a mess of the toilet, and, and <laughs> uh, I, just pure relief when I finish. But uh, I kind of uh, I look up, and, and Big Ron's still at the doorway, oh. and all I hear is him saying that, "Oh, that's disgusting," he said, and. Uh, <laughs> And I look up, and and you know I don't uh, I don't know if the listeners if they're going to appreciate this, but the only way I could probably describe it is uh, 
there was a, a Hansel and Gretel trail of of, of shit to the, uh, <laughs> from the doorway of the hotel room around the corner into the bathroom and, and uh, you know, us on the toilet seat. So uh, I spent the next 24 hours in agony. I've, I don't think I've ever been more sick in my life. I thought that, um, yeah, I mean, it was one of those times you – you kind of would welcome you'd welcome death or something. You'd welcome something <laughs> because it was it was terrible, and uh, yeah, spent the next twenty four hours flying home. So it was a shocking experience. Um, the pyramids were were decent. The perfume gave rashes, and uh, and uh, haven't been back to Egypt since. I tell you what, the Hansel Very and Gretel sad. nursery rhyme would have been a lot different if that was the plot. <laughs> Thanks oh, for not, yeah, uh, not sparing us any details. There. <laughs> yeah, that that's right. That perfect. was very vivid, actually. Uh, suddenly, I have no oh, desire to go to Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> no, now, good. that wasn't on Twitter. I never put that on Twitter, so I don't know where you got that one No, because you didn't have enough characters to be able to write that story. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a thread. Yeah. Those annoying right. threads that take forever to read. Right, that's right, exactly. <laughs> we, uh, we've actually been told that also back in your school days, you were quite on the ball and, and even liked to set your own rules a little bit. Apparently, you refused Tennis Australia's orders to go to a, a junior tournament in Fiji because you didn't want to miss a school match for Churchy. Probably was right. Look, I actually held – I had school tennis right at the top of my list. And uh, I started off at Brisbane Grammar um, – it didn't work out for me there, and uh, ended up at Churchy. And I was really lucky that when I when I when I went to Churchy, who were back then were were definitely probably a little more flexible with their sport. Um, the tennis season was just about to kick off, and Ian Malpass, uh, who's been an institution of, of Churchy tennis for a long time, um, you know, welcomed me into the team, and 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 uh, really lucky that two of the three years, especially the first two years. Uh, we had a really good team around me and, and, and what's more normal these days. And even back then is, is there's a whole other junior tour happening while uh, the, the men's tour is going on. And a lot of people, pretty much the majority, you know, they've quit school and, and they're traveling full time on this junior tour. So um, to be able to, to play churchy tennis and, and, um, and have a really good team and a, and a good coach there, I was getting half, half my hit at school there and, and, and it kind of just kept me ticking along. I'd, I'd fill that in with one or two QAS sessions and that would kind of just keep keep me ticking along to, to keep my eye in enough that, that when I finished school, um, I'd set up a, a half-decent um, base or platform to, to kind of chase the, the tennis dream. So um, I was super lucky to, to end up at Churchy because they really did help me out and they were super accommodating with, with just... Um, being pretty open-minded with with um, the fact that I wanted to kind of be a pursue a, a life in professional sports because it's it, it's it's not easy and and as a 15 16 year old kid um, what you what you're thinking and and probably uh, you know like the tournaments in Fiji and stuff you look back now and you go well but in the scheme of things that's pretty insignificant and and you know I don't really have to go to those types of tournaments but back when you're 15 16 that you know and you're seeing your peers go off and playing junior slam tournaments and that, um, you think it's the be-all and end-all. So uh, I was really lucky to, to, to be welcomed into an environment that um, whilst was was good for me to, to keep going to school because I, I think that's actually really important because you learn a lot more than than just math and, and science and, and whatnot. You, you learn a lot of social skills and, and you actually do get some good mates that, that will support you for the, for, you know, for the duration of my career. And, and, um, but at the same time, I could still kind of, uh, be able to play a little bit of sport and, and, um, and tennis and, uh, had a good time there doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, good. We, uh, yeah, you did mention grammar earlier on. We heard it wasn't all smooth sailing at school. They apparently didn't pick you in the first for tennis in year eight, even though you, you beat the, the number one player yeah, what there. What is going on there? What is this story? <laughs> I don't know where we're getting this information, mate. Has um, done some serious. Yeah, that's work. usually half the fun. Is by the end of the interview, you've worked out who the informant is. Joe. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I'm racking my brains because it could be a couple of people. Here. Um, look, uh, oh, look. Yeah, look. Apparently, I couldn't play doubles. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, though. Okay. I didn't get coached there. That was probably the problem. Yeah. Um, okay. Very harsh. Yeah, I think I, I think that's what it came down to. But look, I um, 
look, it, 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 again, back then when you're, you know, 13, 14 or whatever, you, you think that's the be all and end all. Uh, you really do believe that, you know, an injustice is happening or, or this is going to make or break me. But in the scheme of things, and that's what I try to actually tell some of these young ones that I, that I speak to and, and every now and again hit with back here that, you know, in the scheme of things, this is, you know, just, just enjoy it. It, it right now. There's actually no stress. You, you feel like there's all the stresses of the world uh, on your shoulders, but you know, you're 14, 15 and, and, um, and there's so many other things that are going to happen in your tennis career down the track. So, um, yeah, look, I was grateful that I I got to go to Churchy. Grammar just, yeah, look, it just wasn't the school for me. It's, it's the school for a lot of people. But for me, um, back then, uh, yeah, Churchy was it. And, and I'm really lucky that my parents, uh, um, you know, saw that and, and, and made that move possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Don, one thing that uh, always fascinates me about watching you play, uh, because you're certainly not alone in this in terms of like across a gamut of sports, you see this quite often, but uh, your sort of head tapping and hand signals and um, the, those <laughs> things that you do during your yeah. game, do they come, like do they yep. stem from those early days of you playing tennis or is that like a superstitious thing or just something that's become part of your routine now? Yeah, look, it's uh, we all have our different ticks, don't we? And, and um uh, I'm a physical player on court, you know, that, that, that's what I try to bring onto the court. But, but also I try to try to be mentally switched on the whole time. You know, I, I, I see that as, 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 uh, as, uh, as something that can be a difference in, in my game. Yeah. And, um, and those are just kind of visual little ticks that um, I love using the energy of my bench too. And, and those are kind of just visual ticks that, that kind of uh, get the juices flowing. But definitely, look, there, there are probably a, a few little superstitions there and, and, and there are, you know, your anxiety levels are, are probably at an all-time high in tennis because it's an individual sport and, and you're playing for yourself out there and, and um, there's a lot of different pressures that you're facing. And... Um, there's no doubt that, that there's little little ticks and, 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 and when you're a little bit nervous, you kind of fall back into, into these little kind of routines that you're doing. And, and so um, you see some players that, that are like that. I, I, you know, I looked up to, to Leighton a lot when I played, um, yeah. you know, when I grew up. You know, Leighton and Paddy Rafter, they were the two Australians. Obviously, being a Queenslander, Paddy Rafter for me was just the absolute, you know, bees knees. And um, and then Leighton kind of took that mantle and and just the way he played, I love. I mean, I, I think everyone could appreciate just how much of a of a, of a fighter he was out there. He, he left it ab- absolutely, he left everything out there, and he's still like that today, mate. Like when yeah. we go into Davis Cup camp, he is he's an absolute machine still. And, yeah. and if we had to have a competition to blow a piece of paper across the table, you know, he'd want to win it. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just in him. But you even saw Leighton, you know, you saw those little ticks that he would do up at the, up at the service line. You know, he'd mm. be he'd be readjusting himself. We see Rafa do it the whole time too, don't we? And, and obviously, we yeah. see him so much on the TV because he's won so much. Um, right. He's constantly readjusting and fiddling. It's just these little nervous, um, I guess, ticks and 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 that happen. So yeah, look, I'm I'm, I'm definitely not perfect out there, but um, it's just kind of part of it. Uh, I haven't had to, to tap the head for a while, which is uh, probably a nice little relief being off <laughs> the board. Um, yeah. But yeah, for the head, especially. Yeah. But, <laughs> but look, I'm, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to when I can get back out there and, and even when those chicks come back, I'm, uh, oh, I'm looking forward to, to bringing that back out on the court because what you do is when, when you're away, you miss that competitiveness, you know, you, um, you, you miss when you grow up your whole life playing can, competitive sport and it's kind of taken away from you you really do miss it so yeah, um, yeah hopefully I can be on a court too, uh, soon uh, you know tapping the head and, and going through the routine absolutely yeah it actually quite amps me up like looking at tennis players it's always the thing that I've loved about tennis is watching when they win like big points like break points and stuff and just the energy yeah. that comes from that box I must admit I've played a few social games and found myself pointing to a make-believe box just trying to really amp myself up for the competition so I always find that remarkable yeah look uh, look mate when you're on the court um, and it's, it's something that's actually really tough in the early stages of your career because most of the time 
um, early on, especially if you didn't have a whole lot of help, let's say from the Federation when you were starting out at that, um, it's pretty much you out there and um, you don't know anyone. You even don't really know a lot of the tennis players early on. You don't know anyone on those, you know, when you're 900 in the world and you're battling away. You're playing for a, a hundred bucks and no one's watching you whatsoever. Mm. So um, you're in your head a lot to begin with. And, and for someone who likes to, to, to play with, you know, that energy and, and, um, and, you know, bring that kind of physicality and, and that, en- you know, the, that energetic nature on, onto the court. Um, you appreciate it so much more, actually, when, when, you, when you start playing in front of, of crowds. And even if, if my coach isn't there or, or you know, because you can't afford a coach every week, um, you know, you'll, you'll find someone in the crowd that's giving you that energy. Or, or even at the Australian Open, for example, up one end is your coaching box. But if you're up the far end, you know, you're looking for someone in that crowd that you're that you're giving those fist pumps to, and 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 you're really feeding off their energy. It's something that I love, and and and, and tennis, like every sport, it's it's, an, it's we're in an entertainment industry, and I think if you can take a few people along for the ride, they they enjoy yeah. it uh, all the more. Absolutely. I can see what you're angling towards, John, and I'm more than happy to be that person at the opposite end of the coach's box that pumps you up in this train. I won't be able to afford you, mate. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sorry to interrupt everyone there. I'm sure you're enjoying listening to, to John's voice and his very detailed answers, but I thought this would be a, a good chance to have a little bit of a break, a bit of an intermission. So we'll, we'll end part A of the interview here and hopefully have part B ready for you by tomorrow, I would think, or in the coming days. Mm, absolutely we most certainly will Uh, just a reminder guys that if you are listening on Spotify or Apple then we would really appreciate you getting around us in terms of subscribing so you know when that new episode is out and that'll definitely give you in the box seat for tomorrow when that new uh, episode is released and then also any sort of rating on on those particular platforms would be much appreciated as well Mm -hmm. please do continue to keep in touch with us Uh, if there's any story that you have or any any idea for the podcast that you want us to try and cover then we love hearing people uh, hearing from people 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 or people um so we would most certainly encourage you to get around us and they can do that via warehouse would you say they get around us on facebook or instagram or uh we've got tiktok now which i'm i'm not I a fan of watching a TikTok videos. Dance, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> savage been, dance been practicing and showing us i haven't been watching too much so yeah, can't avoiding handle it it. like the plague yeah just watch can't those watch. hips guys those hips don't lie got <laughs> some uh sure. stuff on youtube as well some videos of some of our podcasts to get get around and watch those if you've got time and um and if that confused you too much, just jump onto the website. We got the chocolates.com.au and you'll find everything you need to know there, I would think. Yeah, that's exactly right. We got the chocks. We should turn that into a little jingle, actually, just telling us the podcast, uh, the website. That'd be oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, we could do that. All right, we'll work on that then. Um, aside from that, ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Of course, that's pretty much all we have for you for now. We'll be back with part B uh, in the next 24 hours. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye.